Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Robertson. I'm so glad you're with me today because we are in part three of a series called The Pursuit. Today I'm in Deuteronomy 28 and I want to teach you how so often in our culture we get this backward. We think we are to pursue God's blessings, but that's not what Deuteronomy teaches. Deuteronomy 28 teaches that we are to pursue obedience, and it is obedience to God that brings the blessings of God. Friends, I can't wait to teach you the Word of God today. Have you ever subscribed to my weekly emails? You know, I write a devotion every single week, and it goes out every Tuesday morning. Right now, at the time of this broadcast, we have approximately 40,000 subscribers to our weekly devotion email. I would love for you to subscribe to it. It's completely free, and every Tuesday morning, you will receive a devotion from me personally. Simply go to my website, Awakened to grace.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can submit your email there and you will hear from me every Tuesday morning as we share God's word together well friends let's go Deuteronomy 28 today we are in week three this is the pursuit of God's blessing I want to talk about what it means to pursue spiritual blessings. What does it mean to go after God's blessings? I think this is timely on now that we have all had Thanksgiving this week, and I hope every family has counted your blessings. I hope each of us has taken inventory of our lives and We've been able to look around at our life, and while everything most certainly isn't perfect, and while everything is not within our control or abilities, nonetheless, there are many, many things to be thankful and grateful for, right? Okay, well, if I say blessings to you today, what comes to your mind? I've thought about this a great deal this week. I've thought a lot about what it means to be grateful for the things God's brought to me, for the things that God has taught me, for the things that God is leading me into right now, for the contentment that God is sharing with me at this moment. When I think about God's blessings, I think about uh, far more things than money can buy. I think about what it means to have a joyful life. I think about what it means to have a joyful attitude, what it means to really have peace. That doesn't mean you have absence of trouble. It means you have the peace of God in the midst of whatever trouble. I've thought a lot about contentment. I've thought a great deal about those beautiful fruits of love and kindness. I thought, what does it mean to be a kind person in this environment? What's it mean to be a kind person in today's America where everyone shouts and everyone is divisive and everyone disagrees? And if you disagree with me, then I have to shout you down and I have to bully you around and push you around. Why? Because you disagree with me. What's it mean to be kind in this climate? And as I've thought a great deal about the blessings of God and 
what he produces in our life and the works that God desires to do in us. And my mind has been a great deal on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 about blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the, the, the kingdom. Blessed are the meek and blessed are uh, those who mourn and just on and on. I mean, you would read that and you would go, oh boy, sometimes it looks like God's kingdom is in reverse then. No wonder he says the last will be first and the first will be last. No wonder he says if you want to be the greatest, you must serve. Often God's kingdom is in reverse and things do not appear what it does to the world. Often what looks like a curse to the world is treasure in the kingdom of God. And we don't always see that, do we? Because we live in very much a material world. We live in a material environment. And many times what we do is we condense God's blessings down to only what we can see, feel, hear, taste. No. God's blessings, I am discovering more and more, are things that money cannot buy. When I think about God's blessings and when I think about the way I desire God to bless me. You know, I, 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 and understand, I don't mean a blanketed prayer in which I'm just saying, God, you know, just bless me. No, I think a lot of times we pray those blanketed prayers like that. But when I think about the direction God is leading my life, when I think about where I want to be in the next five years, in the next 10 years, when I think about the future and how I don't want to just look to the future and I don't want to miss today and what God has right now, today, then it makes me really think through what kind of blessings am I asking God for? What do I want for my family? What do I want spiritually? How do I want to be used in the kingdom of God? And what kind of blessings of God is it going to take on my life for God to be able to use me as he so desires? Blessings. What do you think about when you think of blessings? Do you think about past things? Or do you think about the future? Do you think about now, what God is cultivating now, what God is working in now, what God is doing right now in your life that perhaps may be setting up some of the greatest blessings you've ever known? But see, a lot of us miss it. You know why? Because we're always looking in the rearview mirror. Now, I want to know what's God doing now. What's he leading me to into the future? Well, when my thoughts go there, my thoughts go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is a bit tricky. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. You read various Bible commentaries. You read various scholars. Some will say that you can apply these truths to everyday Christian life. Others will disagree and say, no, this was written to the Israelites only and that the church cannot apply this. I want to handle these scriptures carefully today because whereas I love expository preaching and I do love to preach out of the Old Testament, if you go back and you look through 
all of my sermons year after year, they, they go very much between New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. And I love preaching out of the Old Testament. And while it's true that you cannot do a blanket statement on every principle of the Old Testament that applies to our lives, that is true. I am not in this camp that thinks that everything in the Old Testament does not apply to us. It only applies to Israel. I'll tell you why I believe that. If you want a good and a balanced perspective of how as a New Testament born-again Christian, you should think and feel concerning Israel. Don't listen to this preacher or that preacher. Don't listen to this denomination or that denomination. Don't listen to this camp or that camp. Let me tell you where to go to have the right balance and the right perspective of how you should feel about the Jewish people. You should go to Romans chapter 11. You should pay especially close attention to chapters 9, 10, and 11. But for what I'm speaking of today's purpose, I want to encourage you, you should read and understand and enjoy Romans chapter 11. You should also go to Ephesians chapters 2 and 3 if you want a deep appreciation for how as a New Testament non-Jewish Christian, you should feel concerning the Jews. Now, when we read passages in the Old Testament that is written to the nation, such as Deuteronomy 28, we do need to be careful in our interpretation. We need to be careful in the way that we apply it. But I am not one of these that throws it all out and says, no, this is only for the Israelites. No, I think because we are engrafted in to the tree, Romans 11. Because now we are no longer strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, alienated from the promises of God according to Ephesians chapter 2. Now we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now we are united through Jesus Christ. Now all of the promises of God are yes and amen through Jesus. So when I read Deuteronomy 28... Oh, yes, I apply it to my life. Why? Because I'm grafted in. I'm part of these great and precious promises. And so are you as a born-again believer. These camps that say that God's done with Israel or God has completely replaced Israel with the church, no, I don't agree with that. And here's why. Because of Romans 9, 10, and 11. Read it for yourself and gain an appreciation for these things. So knowing that Moses is speaking to the nation of Israel, he's going to lay before the people that they will either live in blessings or they will live in cursings. Now, why is he going to lay it out this way? It is because God's eternal plan for the Jewish people was that God would use them to bring the Savior to the world. Have you ever wondered why there is so much anti-Semitism in the world and why there always 
has been. When I think anti-Semitism, you're probably like me. I most certainly think of Nazi Germany. I think of Hitler. I think of that awful time of the Holocaust. But friends, we can go all the way back to Pharaoh. We can go all the way back to Moses' day. And there has always been this spirit of anti-Semitism in the earth. Why do you suppose that is? It is because its root and its source is directly from Satan himself. Why? Because it is the Jews that God brought. Not only the Savior, he brought the eternal word of God too. Amen? It is through the Jewish people that we have been given the gospel. It's through the Jewish people that Christ himself came. It is from the Jewish people that the word of God's been delivered to us. And let me tell you, all throughout human history, even up to this day right now, Satan hates the Jews. And he always has. And so God's plan for them is so large, so grand, so spectacular, so amazing that God says you're either going to live in blessing and you'll be the most blessed people of the earth or if you do not follow me, you do not obey, you do not do what I command you to do, oh, the things that will take place. It's not good. Why? Listen, God's not being vindictive. God is giving them amazing warnings to say it's important that you follow me, that you I've made you my people. Well, in understanding this today, that they are either going to live in blessing or they're going to live in cursing, that the purpose, the eternal purpose of, of what God had for the Jews is that they would bring the Messiah to the earth. And we're about to celebrate that in a great way this coming season. But for our purposes today, I want to look especially at verses 1 and 2 of Deuteronomy 28. Look at it with me. I want to talk today about the pursuit of God's blessings. Note what Moses tells the people. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God. I want you to note, first off, there is a condition to these blessings. If you will faithfully obey. Now, understand this. When God deals with his people, whether we're talking the Jews or whether we're talking us as the church, when God deals with his people, God does not deal based on conditions. God deals based on his covenant. And God's covenant is not based on us or conditions. If it were that, it would have fallen through a long time ago. The Bible says in Timothy, even when we are faithless, God is faithful, right? So what is conditionary then? So let's understand in the context, God is saying, I am giving you this land. God's already told them in Deuteronomy, when you come into the land, this generation that's been raised in the wilderness and out of Egypt, when you come into the land that I am going to give you, God says, don't come into the land and eat of the land and then forget me. Because that's what we do as humans, right? We enter into God's blessing and then we tend to forget the giver of the blessings. How many of us, we've had that testimony in life? We get started out in life. We have nothing when we start. <laughs> We're so dependent upon the Lord. 
We're even dependent upon the Lord for the right job. We're dependent on the Lord for our first house. We're dependent on the Lord for a vehicle. We're dependent on the Lord for everything. And then gradually, as we have our children and our children begin to grow and our incomes grow and our security grows, and then all of a sudden, we've forgotten God. We're casual on the Lord. And what a word of warning to people of this culture that as you grow more secure and as God blesses you more and as you get more comfortable in whatever stage of life you're headed to, don't forget God. God knew this is the human tendency. And so the warning is not you will lose the land. The land is Israel's no matter what. That's God's covenant with his people. The condition is how blessed they would remain in the land. The condition is how he would bless them where they were. That was the condition. So in our lives, it is not a condition of whether you belong to God or not. No, yes. You belong to God because of God's faithfulness, because of God's covenant. Pastor Eric read it earlier this morning, Lamentations chapter 3. The steadfast of the Lord, uh, love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness, right? The condition is not whether you will remain the Lord's or not. No, you are the Lord's if you're born again. The condition is, is God's blessing on your life. The condition is, is God able to bless you as he so desires To bless your life. That's the condition. And Moses says, if, if you will faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, if you will be careful to do all that he commands you. This word careful is a beautiful Hebrew word. And it literally means to be on guard. It literally means to watch after. It means to pay very close attention to. And when it comes to obeying the Lord, when it comes to knowing what the Lord wants you to do and being faithful in all that God requires of us, would you say that you're on guard with that? Would you say that you pay close attention to it? Would you say that it's on your radar and it's something you pay much attention to in your life, that you're pleasing to God in every area of life? You're pleasing to God with every decision that you make. You're pleasing to God with every uh, uh, thing that you venture into. Are you pleasing to the Lord? I love these scriptures because as we go through them, it helps me inventory my life. It helps me inventory my decisions. So notice what he's going to say. If there's our condition, not the condition of whether we belong to the Lord, but the condition of can God bless our lives or not. If we will obey, faithfully obey the voice of the Lord and Carefully do, hearken to everything that he says. And he says to the nation of Israel, I'll lift you high. I'll make you a great nation. But Now look at verse number two. And notice what he says. I love this. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Oh, now church, this is where I want to live right here. <laughs> This is where I want to be right here. I want to be in a place where God looks at my life and he commands his blessing upon me. 
I want to be in a place of life that God looks at me and his blessings can come on me and overtake me. I want to be overtaken by the blessings of God. When I say the blessings of God, see, you, you got to know what, what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if you fully know what I'm talking about or not. God, God began leading me this year down a journey that I've been so excited about. You know, it's around this exact same time of year, every single year. It's as though God speaks to me in a very different and unique way every year. I become very reflective. I think about what, what this calendar year has been, and I think about the successes the losses, the gains, the regrets, the triumphs, the failures. I really began thinking reflectively on the year, but then I began to look toward the next calendar year. And it's at this time that God so often will speak to me and tell me what he wants for the next year. It's a time of just great clarity and great direction in my life. And it's just a pattern that the Lord has had with me for year after year now. And last year, the Lord spoke to me before the calendar year and said, Chad, I'm going to lead you and your church into something in 2022 that is going to scare you. You're going to think you can't do it. The Lord said, I'm going to call you to do something that is going to keep you up at night. You may walk the floors a little bit, but that's okay. Because <laughs> let me tell you, we are at our best when it is sink or swim with God. Amen? We are at our best when it is bet the farm, go with God. We have no ability on our own. We have no strength on our own. We have no confidence in our flesh. It's either God or nothing. Amen? Oh, I like that place of living. You know why? Because when you step out in that kind of faith, when you live in that kind of realm, that's when God looks at your life and says, all right, I got a blessing that's going to come on you and it's going to overtake you. Amen. That's where I want to live. I want to live in that place where God's blessings overtake my life. Oh my. I know there's a lot of sickness, but I'm excited. God's blessings I want to know that type of blessing where it overtakes me. But there is a foundation truth here that you cannot miss or you'll miss the entire thing. Now say amen if you're with me. Amen. I want you to write this down because this is mighty important. God says that he has a blessing for us that will come upon us and shall overtake us. If you obey the voice of God. Now, let me tell you what the Lord's teaching me this year. And I want you to write this down. The Lord has been teaching me all this year. You do not pursue the blessings of God. We pursue obedience to God. What brings the supernatural favor of God. What brings the supernatural abilities of God? What brings the supernatural blessings of God is our everyday obedience, amen? But what would we sometimes do? We get our eyes on the blessings. 
We get our eyes on pursuing what God can give us. We get our eyes on pursuing what God can help us with. No, no, that's going about it backward. Remember the kingdom of God's often in reverse. I'm not to pursue the blessings of God. I am to pursue obedience to God. And when I learn to walk in obedience, it unlocks the favor of God all over my life. So this year, the Lord said, I'm going to tell you to do something. It's going to scare you. It's going to make you nervous. And the Lord said, I want you to do it by the 21st of every single month. Let me tell you, when the Lord first told us to do the Bible translation project, I knew, I knew in my soul that what God was telling us to do, let let me tell you, it wouldn't be major beings to a lot of big wealthy churches. But it was big beans to me. And I was counting my beans. (laughs) And I was saying, Lord, the beans don't add up. But I knew that the Lord was serious about this. I knew it so much that I was calculating our savings versus the 21st of every month. Because even if it wasn't there, then it was going to come out of savings. Because I knew the Lord was that serious about it. And I tried to wiggle out of it. I tried to say, well, God, you know, what what, what if we just do as we can? Then the Lord said, then that's not faith. Doing as you can is your ability. That's not my ability. God said, I'm trying to teach you, Chad, how to live in a realm of my ability that exceeds your own. Now, come on. Amen. I don't want to live only in my abilities because that's small. If God's blessing is going to overtake me, then should faith not overtake me first? If God's blessings are going to overtake me, then should obedience not overtake me first and dictate me first? See, precious friends, Some of you are looking at your life right now and you're wondering why God doesn't bless you more. Where I want to encourage you today is stop looking at the blessing and start looking at your obedience. And does your realm of obedience match what you would like for the realm of blessing to be? And if you're not blessed the way that you think you would like to be blessed, then inventory your obedience. Because according to this, It's obedience that brings the greatest blessings of God. So as we pursue spiritual maturity, as we pursue God's presence, and now as we pursue God's blessings, let's don't pursue the wrong thing. Let's pursue the right thing, which is obedience, which takes us back to spiritual maturity, (laughs) right? Verse number two, I want you to note, do not pursue blessing, pursue obedience. Now look how God says he's able to bless us. Verse number three, he says, you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. He's speaking to the nation, you'll be blessed in your cities, you'll be blessed in your country, in the rural areas, it doesn't matter, God's hand is able to bless you. 
Verse four, look what he says. You'll be blessed in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your ground, in the agriculture. He's saying your children will be blessed. Your agriculture will be blessed. The fruit of your cattle, your livestock, the increase of all your herds and the young of your flock, all of these things are going to have the blessing, the favor of God all over it. You know what I think about when I think about God's blessing over my life? I think about God's favor. That's what I think about. Oh, that God would have favor on me. That God would be kind to me. That God would be good and gracious to me. Not that God is a genie in a bottle and that if I get the combination right, God has to give me. No, not that I demand from God. I'm in no place to demand. No. No, I just see that God has favor on all of these key areas of my life. So look what he says. Your children will be blessed. Your agriculture will be blessed. Your livestock will be blessed. Your flocks will be blessed. Help me out with verse number, where am I? Verse number five. Ah, your basket will be blessed. Your kneading bowl will be blessed. What does that mean? Your basket was your produce. Your kneading bowl was your meal preparations. Your bread baskets. Do you see what God is saying? He's saying from your agriculture to your livestock, to your children and your family, down to your daily meals. God's favor will be all over your life. Well, I love that. Let me tell you why I love that, because I love to eat. I get on Sadie's nerves. We'll finish up breakfast, and I'll say, hey, babe, what are you thinking about dinner? And she'll say, we just ate breakfast. I know, we ought to be thinking about dinner. What do you think? From, her, from your produce basket? To your bread basket. The favor of God all over you. Amen. What's he say? The next verse, please. Oh, oh, I love that verse. You'll be blessed in your coming in and in your going out. Oh, what a great verse that is. Did you know that polls tell us, this, this drives me crazy. Polls tell us that 69% of Americans feel stuck in their daily routines. That's a shame. 69% of Americans right now are unhappy because of their daily routine. Uh, And listen, you may be one of those. Well, let me give you some good gospel news and let me give you a verse that ought to correct that attitude. This verse right here, blessed in your coming in and blessed in your going out. You know what that means? God will bless your daily routine because God does everyday life with you. When you realize as a Christian, God is in the mundane of your life, you won't wish your life away. When you understand that God does miracles in the mundane of everyday life, you won't just be wishing the weeks would go by and the months would go by and the years would go by. No, you would enjoy every moment of your day. Let me tell you how I want to live. 
I want to be, listen, I want to find my daily rhythms. I want to find my daily routines blessed of God Almighty. I want to meet God in my daily routines. I want to encounter God in the daily mundane. And that's where God wants to encounter you. Do you take it for granted? Well, Chad, you're preaching good today. Amen. Okay. All right. We're sick and the, and the, and it's, well, I can't see you, so it's got me a little nervous. That's all right. We're quiet today. That's fine. Do you see God in the mundane? Do you see God in the everyday? Do you see God in your daily rhythms, in your daily routine? Here's a better question. Do you invite God into your daily routine? Rather than griping about it, rather than kicking against it, what would happen if we began to invite God into it? Huh. What a different perspective. And I love it when God says, listen to what he says in Psalms. God says that he'll bless, he'll bless us in our rising ups and in our lying downs. <laughs> he'll bless us as we wake up. He'll bless us as we go to bed. He'll bless us in our coming in and in our going out. He'll bless us in all the everyday routines of life. God's favor can be all over it. Now, you ready to put the... Put, Put it to the test. How many are looking forward to going to work tomorrow? But what if you're blessed and you're going in and then you're coming out? What if you're blessed in your commute? What if you're blessed on your lunch break? What if the favor of God is all over you as you do your routine Monday morning? What if the favor of God's all over you as you just do normal everyday life? See, I want to look for this. <laughs> I want to look for such a mighty and a great blessing that it is commanded upon me and it overtakes me. But I can't do that when I'm complaining. Come on now, amen? amen. I can't do that when I'm selfish. I can't do that when I'm bored with life. I can't do that when I wish I had a different lot in life. No, friends, my attitude, my perception has got to correct. How do I do it? With the word of God. So what do I look forward to in life? I look forward to obeying God. I look forward to obeying God in my daily routine. I look forward to obeying God in my family. I look forward to obeying God in my, my everyday, my meals, my career. What you do is an income. What I think the Bible would consider your increase of your flocks, your cattle, whatever it is that you do for a living, invite God to be part of and watch the blessings of God come into your life. Verse 7, I have a deep appreciation for. Now, look what he's going to tell Israel. But I think what he tells us is far greater and far more significant. He's going to tell Israel that God is going to cause their enemies to be defeated. Now, that's a mighty big deal. He said, they're going to come at you one way. They will flee from you seven directions. That's, that's great. 
But do you realize that today, you and I as the church, we face a far more lethal enemy than Israel ever faced on the earth. You and I do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight the Amalekites or the Hittites or the Jebusites or the Canaanites or any of the other ites. You and I face spiritual forces of wickedness, principalities, rulers, and authorities in high places. Let me tell you, the roaring lion of Satan wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your heritage. He wants to destroy your spiritual life. He wants to destroy your joy. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your grandchildren. He wants to destroy everything in your life that he possibly can. You and I face a very lethal enemy. And you know what the promise is here? The promise is he'll come at us one way, but he will flee from us seven ways. Amen. Now, let me tell you, this is a promise I take to the bank. Now, go with me for a moment to Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 10. I want to show you something that I think is quite extraordinary. In the beginning, what did we say was the purpose of God choosing Israel as his people? We said that the purpose was to bring the world to Christ, to bring Christ to the world. But I want you to understand that God has a great and eternal purpose for the church, which is you and I. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. The purpose is that spiritual authorities, principalities, these rulers of darkness, all that he's going to deal with in Ephesians chapter 6, by the way, <coughs> the purpose is that they would know the manifold wisdom of God through the church for all generations forever and ever. Verse 11, it is that it would be this purpose, this eternal plan that God would reveal through Jesus Christ. That now, verse 12, you and I have got an access to God. It is a bold access by grace through what? Through our faith. Amen. You know what I believe this is telling us? Because you and I are part of the blood-bought church. Just as God had great purpose in Israel, God has great purpose in the church. And listen, for Israel, it was to bring Christ to the nations of the world. But let me tell you, for the church, it is for all eternity. It is to display the glory of God. It is to display the wisdom of God. And it is to defeat Satan and the kingdom of darkness for all of eternity. Amen? So when I read that the enemy is going to come after my life one way, but the blessings of God is going to be so on me that it's going to overtake me, that Satan's going to flee seven ways. You know what that tells me? That tells me Satan has no right to my family. There is no generational curse that has any right to myself nor my children. Amen. Amen. 
There is no spiritual darkness that has any right to me. I am born again. Listen, I am part of the manifold wisdom of God that was a mystery throughout all generations, but is now revealed through Jesus Christ. That's why Satan will flee seven ways. And do you see what that does to my prayer life? Do you see how that enables me to resist the devil? You have no claim on me, Satan. You have no right to my children. Why? Because I'm born again. I'm part of the mystery of God. I'm part of the manifold wisdom of God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, he disarmed. He stripped every ruler, every authority, every principality, every spiritual wickedness, every spiritual darkness. He absolutely disarmed them by his death upon the cross. And I share in that. Amen. Amen. I share in that. I share in that. And that's why today, if Satan is coming after you, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, he will flee seven different ways. The question for me is, am I living in obedience? Can I claim these promises if I'm not obedient? Can I walk in this kind of favor? Can I walk in this kind of blessing? If I'm not obedient, can you see the gravity of this? Can you see the weightiness that our perception be correct here? That we are to pursue obedience and then the blessing comes. Don't pursue blessing without making sure you're living an obedient life. Yes, Satan is quite powerful and he'll come with, he'll try to come with strategies and tactics and chapter 6 of Ephesians is going to teach us how to deal with those things but that's not uh, no that's not no I'm going to stand against him why because I'm now part of something far greater than myself I'm part of the family of God and I want the blessings of God on me verse 8 and this is where I close verse 8 he says he'll command his blessing upon your barns that everything you undertake he'll command his blessings upon I I don't know if you can get that imagery in your mind I don't know if (laughs) I don't know where you're living but I'm telling you where I'm living right now I'm saying God I want you to command your blessings upon me because there's no strength in this arm of flesh Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. awakentograce.com slash store.